bottom line. Welcome everybody to the bottom line. Excited about the show today. I think this is a show that's going to speak into every single life, a practical thing that you can actually do to better your life today. So don't miss it and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, you're not really helping us to get this message out to other people. So come on, please subscribe and comment. That helps the algorithm too. But before I go further, I really want to thank our friends at Patriot Mobile, Glenn Story, Jenny Story, and the team. Uh, thank you so much for putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, Patriot Mobile, the only Christian conservative cell phone provider in the United States. Uh, they stand with your values. They're not going to take your money and fund Planned Parenthood. They're going to fund initiatives that are pro-life, that are pro-USA, and that are pro-the Christian faith. They've gone to the border with us. They've literally helped us save children from trafficking. So why don't you check them out? Also, straight from the CEO, from Glenn Story himself, they will buy you out of your current contract. They use all the major towers, so your service is going to be excellent. And if you're a veteran, they're going to take especially good care of you so why don't you check out patriot mobile go to patriotmobile.com mention the bottom line or dial 972 patriot and mention the bottom line for free activation and did i tell you they will buy you out of your contract thank you patriot mobile for standing with us for the least now i believe we're in this season in the United States where the enemy, Satan, the ultimate enemy, and no, your neighbor is actually not your enemy because it's a spiritual battle, but the enemy is doing things and we're being hoodwinked. And and really the battle is not even outside the home. And you'd say, well, I think Yaku's going to talk about porn. Today I'm not talking about porn. Today I'm talking about the battle in your mind. God actually says, be renewed in your mind and I will renew your mind, your thoughts, Right, body, mind, soul, spirit, all of it in alignment. So today we're talking about temptation. And what is temptation? And I want to just absolutely go with a, you know, John Henry sledgehammer and break up the myth, a myth busting of temptation. Temptation is not a sin. Being tempted is not the sin. But here's what I believe where culture is today, especially Gen Z, as we have two of them in the room. They think because I'm tempted, I've sinned already, so I must might as well part partake and participate. I find this with young guys that are tempted with the female body, that are tempted with beauty, that are tempted with hormones and attraction. And because they're tempted, they go, well, I've been tempted, so I've, I've already gone there in my mind, so I'm just going to engage in, in their in porn. Almost all of them tell me that they consider temptation and the sin as one. Because we're not talking about this in the church. There's actually no teaching, practical teaching going on on how Satan operates. The strategy of the enemy. You know, when I played professional football, not that that's important, or let's go further back, professional rugby. In rugby, we'd play professional games on a Saturday. In the NFL, we would, in the NFL, is one of my game balls. In the NFL, we would play on a Sunday. So here's what would happen. You'd celebrate Sunday. You'd have a good time. Hopefully, you'd stay functional. Most players don't. And then Monday morning, you're going to watch game tape. And the first game tape you watch is actually not of your opponents that you're playing next weekend. You're watching game tape on yourself. You're analyzing your own behavior. You're watching your own tendencies, your own habits. You're breaking habits. You're forming new habits, right? You're analyzing the situation. When you're tempted, you have time to analyze. You have time to roll the game tape. What did I do last time? How did I respond last time? Did that work out for me? Did that produce fruit? Did that cause me to sin? Because being tempted is not actually the sin. Jesus was tempted. By all temptation, there's nothing you've been tempted with. Scripture tells us that he was not tempted with. And yes, for you guys out there, he was tempted with women. No, they don't explicitly talk about it in the Bible because the Bible just says tempted in all ways. So tempted with corruption, extortion, lies, theft, bribery tempted with coercion, tempted with lustfulness, 
sexual immorality, homosexuality, tempted in every single way, and in the greatest way, tempted to betray his father. Tempted by Satan to betray the mission that he was sent on. See, all the other temptations in your life is actually preamble. It's actually an ice pick in Satan's hand, chipping away at you to get to the ultimate temptation, which is what? To deny Christ. See, that there is the sin I really want to talk about. When you renounce the one that gave his life for you. When you deny Christ, like the disciples heard from him that they would do. So any other temptation that you give in breeds a habit form of when I'm tempted, I succumb to it. And then it becomes, well, if I'm tempted, it's already the sin. Or I was tempted with this before and I sinned. So now I've done it. So now when I'm tempted again, I've already done it. But you don't know the word of God. Because he said his mercy and grace was new this morning. You can actually start over. You can actually today face that temptation and not succumb to it. Face the temptation. Hear the thoughts. Feel the feelings. Stand in it. Like Jesus did in the face of Satan in the desert when he tempted him. And he presented to him stones as bread. And he said, a man does not live from bread alone. Get behind me, Satan was the result of his process in the middle of temptation to resist temptation and not step into sin. Not carry the temptation and give it power over your life. So, little good news. When you're tempted, the sin had not occurred yet. Now, you got to be careful when it comes to lust. Because when there's a temptation to look, a temptation to covet, a temptation to lust, and you then engage in it, that's where the sin happens. So you do actually have time. You think you don't, but you do. You're being hoodwinked to think that, man, I'm being bombarded and tempted, and, and I've done it before, and so here we go. So let's dive into Scripture just a little bit. Because I do believe if we can bring daylight in between temptation, being tempted, and the actual sin. Now, some sin takes bigger action. Like if you're going to go rob a store and you go steal. That, that takes a little more effort than just lust. I mean, because you could lust just sitting where you sit and just it, it's all thought pattern. Or you could take a temptation in your mind and put it into practice and then walk it out. Physically hurt somebody. Say something negative. Come into agreement with, you know, you know, hatred in, in, in a in a... A demonic spirit or a spirit of accusation or steal from a brother, betray somebody. That takes a little more action. But lust is a tricky one because it's in your mind. So let's dive into this. I think I asked Rebecca to go to John 8, verse 6 normally. I don't know. Are we in New King James today? She knows. I only read New King James. Um, in New King James today, John 8, 6, and I'm going to read to you and I quote, this they said, testing him, meaning Jesus, that they might have something of which to accuse him. So, pause. Testing him is the temptation. How he responds to the temptation is what they wanted to catch him in. So, wait a minute. Press him. Press him. Put pressure on him. What do we do in interrogations? The FBI, the CIA. Put a guy in a room. You know, one of the greatest tactics we used in the military... Not that I recommend this, but it works. You throw a guy in a dark room and you throw a cricket in the room. And the guy can't find the cricket. And it drives men absolutely insane. That constant crick, 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 crick over time, they will say anything. You pressure. You pressure. What do you do in football? You apply pressure. You pressure. You pressure. To do what? To make them break. To make them open a gap. To expose a weakness. So what does Satan do? Temptation is pressure. So if you look at temptation accurately, let's read it this way. Not that I'm paraphrasing the Bible, but then they said, pressuring him. 
that they might have something of which to accuse him of based on his response. Let's pressure him with this question. Let's ask him about the orphans. Let's ask him about the Sabbath. Hey, dude, you just healed somebody. It's Sabbath. That's a temptation. It's a temptation for him to retaliate in anger. It's a temptation for him to just use his godly power and just flatten him. Tremendous temptation. It's a temptation for him to take it upon himself and not say what he hears his father say. Constantly pressuring to say, let's catch him, let's catch him, let's catch him. That is Satan today in your life. Trying to catch you in taking the temptation and putting it to practice. Acting upon it. Moving in it. Okay, let's continue to read. But Jesus stooped down, kind of like he contemplated. Took a minute, took a second brought daylight in between the temptation and the action. Bought himself time. Took a second. Took a breath. What if the next time you're tempted by anything, you just bring daylight in? You just take a second. Don't move. Don't move good. Don't move bad. Just see it for what it is. Satan is applying pressure on you for you to break or expose a weakness that he will then exploit. Okay? Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not even hear them. Come on. May we get to the place when you're so well trained in temptation that when Satan brings it, you move as if it, it did not even happen. That the temptation was, he did hear them. As though he did not hear. He did hear. He did hear them test him. It just didn't matter. How cool would it be if the next time Satan is testing you with pornography, that the test just doesn't matter because you just move on with your father's business. Now you can claim the following. Death, where is your sting? Now you can say, because it produces death. Temptation will produce death, right? So now death loses its sting because temptation no longer has a hold on you. Right? It's possible. If it wasn't possible, you say, well, that was Jesus. No, no. He said, I now put the spirit in you that raised me from the dead. I now call you to do, go do greater things than I did to go disciple the nations, go be a fisher of men. You do have the ability inside you given by the Holy Spirit, by God, to resist temptation. You do. The question is, do you want to? Or is the fruit too sweet? Should you actually have a conversation with yourself in the mirror to go, you know what, if I'm going to be real with myself, I like it. I want it. Uh, I want to be selfish. I want to self-gratify. Because every time a guy watches porn and then goes and engages in masturbation, it's self-gratifying. Let me tell you something about delayed gratification. It is amazing. When you work for something and then you get it, no one can take it from you. Why do we say when you get a degree or an accomplishment, no one can take this from you? Why? You worked for it, you earned it. When it's a handout, they can say, I gave that to you. I'm your master. I'm your provider. It's sweet when it's delayed. Good things come to those who wait. Rebecca, why don't you go to our next one, if you don't mind. Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Just going to keep, look, I'm going to give you some, some ammunition against Satan. Uh, am I right? Yeah, okay. No temptation, no pressure has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So whenever you feel like, man, I'm tempted and no one else experiences this. That's just people don't understand. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay? Satan is not, there's no ingenuity in Satan. He cannot create. He is like a broken record. The dude just throws Hail Marys, hoping that you'd be willing to catch one of them. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted, to be pressured beyond what you are able. Hold up. Whoa. So you mean the guy that right now that's going through a very difficult time with a sick wife uh, that's being challenged, or the guy that just lost his job, or the guy that... Um, 
has been trying and trying and trying and falling. You mean you mean that God's actually saying that he's given that guy a way through? Yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. You mean when when the guy that's been trapped in pornography or addiction for 15 years um, that now has a condition because he keeps smoking and he's addicted or he's addicted to an opioid, that that temptation, God has actually given him a way out of it through? It's exactly what I'm saying. Actually, I'm not the one saying it. The Holy Spirit's saying it. The Word of God, the inspired Word of God is saying it. Beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Hold up. Time out. Why not the way of freedom? Why not the way of relief? Why not the way of rest? Why the way of escape? Let me tell you why. Because when Satan tempts you, it's a war. And when you walk out of a war without bullet holes, you escaped injury. It is an escape every time that you can avoid and evade participating in the lies from Satan. So God has not allowed you to go through something that he's not given you a way out to the result of escaping it, being away from it. It's in your rear view. Now let's talk about people that say, I'm praying for freedom. And four years later, they come to you to the altar and go, I'm still praying. No, you don't want it. You you don't want to escape from it. You want to learn how to manage it. I'm not interested in you learning how to manage temptation. I want you to escape from it. That you may be able to bear it so that when you're in it, It's bearable because I know that I know I'm going to escape this. Well, how do you know? Because God's given me the ability. Well, what's the ability? Go to him and ask him and he will show you the way out. Hence the reason why a personal relationship with God is pivotal. You cannot understand the promises of God if you don't understand the nature and the character of God and then you don't have access to him because you won't be real and won't go there. Let's go to the next one. We're not done. Come on now. Matthew twenty-two eighteen. 18. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me? Did I not tell you earlier? Temptation is a test. Why do you test me? You hypocrites. Well, why would he say that? Well, number one, they knew in their hearts innately. They knew who he was. Let me tell you something. When Nicodemus heard from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin that, hey, listen, there's this man, and he's whipping up a crowd. He healed a guy. In that second, before he visited John the Baptist in prison to say, listen, have you seen these miracles? Is he the Messiah? At the first sight of a miracle, they knew, whoa, Here is a power we don't have access to. But yet, it's not a power to destroy, but to build. It's not a power for self, but for others. It's not a power that asks, but gives. And then they accuse the power as it is witchcraft and it's demonic because they had to label it because they didn't understand it. But they knew from the first moment who he was. They knew. They knew. And they also knew that their power was slipping away. That they were losing grip on people. To indoctrinate people to say, we'll grant you freedom. We will talk to God for you. You're not able. They knew that the one who was to fulfill the law had finally come. This is why Peter had to hear from the sons of Zebedee. This is the one we've been praying for. Lay down your net and go. Well, what will we tell our mother? Are you kidding? You're going with the one we've been waiting for. Go. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Because they had never seen one walk through temptation and deliver the message of hope, of redemption, selflessly. They'd never seen it. 
couldn't be produced, couldn't be reproduced. Not done yet. Come on now. Let's go to um, James 1, 13 through 18. If we can. Oh, there you go. She's so fast. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. So let's break another myth. God does not tempt you. That is some twisted gospel, ridiculous uh, um, theological mindset that maybe you were taught in your church that in order to love the Lord, you must be punished. And you are tempted by God because he wants to smite you. God's not Zeus. Oh, and Zeus is not God. Hallelujah. God is not here to entrap you, enslave you, to say, ha, gotcha. He does not play gotcha with you. Your deceiver is not God. It's Satan. The one that was kicked out from the place where you are hopefully heading, heaven. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Uh-oh. This is a problem because some want to blame God that they're tempted. Well, why won't he prevent that from me? Because he gave you free will. And with free will comes responsibility. What? You want free will but no accountability? That's hypocritical. Didn't Jesus just call them hypocrites? Right? That's pretty hypocritical. Look at uh, our culture today. Whether you want to call them woke, I just call them, you know, the culture that's under the spirit of deception. That's what the Bible calls the culture today. That culture says, I'm entitled and I have no accountability. No, you do. You were given freedom. And with freedom comes massive accountability, self-accountability. So you are, in fact, led into temptation by your own desires and you're enticed. And still... Even if by your own desire, you lead yourself into a place of darkness. Then you get tempted. You still have time to bring daylight in between you and the sin. Because the temptation is not the sin. The sin requires what? Agreement with the temptation. Just like God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. So I did not give you the spirit of fear. Well, then who gives me the spirit of fear? Satan presents the spirit of fear and you have to come into agreement with it. You have to pick it up. So there's a little accountability there. Uh-oh, now we've got a real problem because we blame Satan for everything. But really, the dude does only does 50% of the work. He can't do 51%, 50.1%. 50 50% of the work in your life by Satan is him just presenting you with temptation and opportunity to partake in sin and walk away from God. The rest of the 50% is on us. Can you pull that back up, please? I want to read that again. We pick it up. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived. Wow, what a word. I mean, can you imagine? When does life start? At conception. When does a, an idea start? Uh, when it's conceived. When do sins start? When it's conceived. When temptation comes your way, it's the egg and the sperm, temptation comes your way, and your will marries it. You willfully marry the egg and the sperm. You conceive it. You now give temptation power, and it becomes sin. So we do it. Satan doesn't force it upon you. God doesn't do it to you. So God says, I have given you a way. Well, Yaku, what's the way God gave me? Okay, so uh, let's start with he gave you the word of God. The Bible. That's a way. I'd say an indefinite, infinite way. Right? A living document that gives you ways upon ways to resist temptation. But then he's given you your mind, power over your own mind, your will. He's given you uh, freedom of choice of movement, freedom of decision. You're not under tyrannical leadership. 
here where you must believe certain things, although they would like for you to group think in this country. But God has actually made you an individual. He didn't make you schizophrenic. He didn't make you five personalities. No, you're not a they, them, thou. You're a, you are a person, singular, man or a woman. He's given you uh, ability to think. He's given you brain matter. He's given you historical experience. He's given you other people's examples. He's given you an example of, hey, when you do this, you're going to go to jail. So maybe resist that temptation. Hey, when you do this and you become an alcoholic, you're going to lose your family. You've got enough examples around you in the world to know. So you've got cognitive ability to resist the devil. You've got supernatural spiritual covering. You've got the armor of God. You've got the Holy Spirit, which is your ultimate weapon. You've got the Word of God that's infallible. You've got accountability partners and friends. And you've got freedom of choice. I mean, good gracious, how many, how many weapons do you want? How many weapons can you carry onto the battlefield? He's given you the way. He's given me the way out. Okay, let's continue. But when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So here's the progression. Satan tempts you. You don't bring daylight in between that and the action. You act upon it. You self-condemn. You say it doesn't matter. You say that God doesn't really care. You say that I can toy with God or I can manage this for a while or it doesn't really harm anybody. Whatever justification you want, all you're saying is I want to partner with it. I want to conceive this. Then when you conceive it, it says that sin, when it is fully grown, which means the second you conceive it, it's not fully grown, which means what? Sin is progressive. It gets worse. We should say regressive. It gets worse. So the longer you stay in it, the deeper you are into this dark hole, the harder it is to do what? Bring daylight. The light of the universe. Jesus Christ, God, in between the temptation and the sin. You lose sight of light. And when fully grown, it will guarantee, word of God, not optional, it will produce death. In you, through you, around you. Guaranteed. So, so much maybe of what you've blamed people. I can't believe my boss. I can't believe this job. I can't believe my wife, my spouse. Nobody gives me a break. Back up. Let's rewind the tape. Let's go to temptation. Did you conceive temptation? Did you then feed that little plant called sin? And it grew up. And now you're dealing with death and you want to blame the world, but you're actually the one, I'm actually the one that stepped in and conceived it. See, it's so easy to blame the rest of the world. And if they would just change, and if they wouldn't be woke, and if they wouldn't do this, and if they wouldn't do that, meanwhile, the church is in sexual immorality because it took the temptation, conceived it, and now we want to blame the world for sexualizing children. Meanwhile, it's in the church. And the culturally, we're seeing death. Why? Because there's no self-accountability. Jesus operated and walked in self-accountability. He held himself accountable to what? To the standard that his father sets. He measured his situation and his temptation according to what he heard his dad say about it. What he saw his dad do about it. Okay, so you may say, well, my dad was was an idiot. My dad was a drunk. My dad was... Okay, I agree. That's why God had to send his son so that you had a role model. So that you do have a blueprint. So that you do have scriptural reference and context to say, uh, I have no example in my life on, on how not to uh, succumb being a womanizer. Uh, I have an example for you. His name's Jesus. You do have an example. I told you earlier, he's given you the way out. There is no excuse. 
My dad was an alcoholic for 27 years. Wasn't in my life. I saw things that are diabolical before my 10th birthday. Heck, had a fully grown 40-year-old woman try to rape me when I was 12. Praise God, I knew how to climb out of a window. He still gave me a way out. I had common sense. Climb out of the freaking window. Or I could have said, you know what? Here's temptation. She's naked. Yeah, we might as well. I'm not damning you, condemning you, judging the sin of your past. Put it in your past. This is a new day. You start over today. Today, resist the devil and he will depart from you. Today, look at temptation as a test and say, oh, halt. Bring daylight in here. Resist it. Rebuke it. Now, what happens when you feed sin, it becomes death. What happens when you feed an attitude of resisting temptation? Well, it produces the opposite. It's going to produce life in your life. It's going to produce life in your marriage, in your relationships, in your job, in your creative thinking, in your ability to see danger, in your ability to make the right decision, in your ability not to live in tunnel vision strapped in fear of people being found out because you're a porn addict and you can't see straight and everything's self-satisfaction and you can't even see God if he was right in front of you. It opens you up. For your mind to flow in the Spirit. For the Holy Spirit to make you see. For you to engage in what God's put in front of you. To produce life. I came to give life. And life everlasting and abundantly. His nature is to give you life. Satan's nature is to give you death. So here today I say to you. Temptation, death or freedom, life. Which one do you pick? Pick. And whichever one you pick, you're going to feed. It's going to produce death or life. God does not tempt you. Evil desire, I wrote this, evil desire drags us away from God. See yourself being pulled, kicking, screaming in the dirt. You are pulled. Evil desire drags us away from God. And we are then enticed. After desire has conceived, given birth, action, the fruit of it, and we can measure fruit. I don't know a man's heart, but I am allowed to test and judge the fruit. It will build sin. And when it's fully grown, it will produce death. Do not be deceived, friends. Do not think that because Satan tempts you, you've already partnered with him. You have not. He's knocking. That's all he's doing. You have a choice whether you open the door or not. He's just knocking. Golly, man, I feel like I need to watch porn. I just, it's right here. It's so accessible. May my words haunt you forever. Every time you think about that and you think porn, you're going to hear this. Satan is knocking. You going to open? Because at the other side of the door, it's death. You will pay that price. There's no way for you to escape that. No way. Once you conceive it, you must break with it. You must start over. And you can apply that to everything. Your creative ability, your talent, the destiny and the design God has for you. You know how many people I hear I go, I just, I've got these dreams God gave me and it just doesn't happen. Are you partnering with temptation? Are you partnering with sin? Have you been dragged away from God? You know how bad that is to remember what God promised you, but you can't participate in it, and God can't release it to you because you've partnered with the spirit of darkness. You're busy growing a garden of death, and the thing he has for you is so beautiful, it can't live in that garden. There's no water over there. He's not going to waste the gift the blessing. He set it apart for you. It's not for someone else. It's for you. You know the hopes and dreams you have. Whether you're a guy or a girl, grown man or a young boy, grown woman or a young girl, you've got hopes, desires, and dreams, and you know that you know that you know. 
when you feel like it came from a different place. It's from a higher calling. It's something. There's something there, man. I know I'm supposed to do this. If you want to see it happen, then take action to produce life and not death. Maybe we... Um, can you go to Luke 22.40, please? Luke 22.40. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Don't open the door. Don't walk through it. Can you go to James 4, 1 through 4? Yeah, this is the Bible. I'm going to do a couple more. James 4, 1 through 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask of god but you ask of man i added that part you do not ask we don't ask of god we ask of man and man will fail you you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss you're asking of the wrong people you're asking of satan to produce life with you can't happen that you may spend it on your pleasures careful what you ask of God, because if it is on your account, to your behalf, to grow your glory and your kingdom, that's the wrong thing to ask of God. If it's unto him, unto his glory, his kingdom, his will and desire for you, you will partake in the greatest journey of your life. But it's unto him. Adulterers and adulteresses. Let's just say today that pedophiles are loose in this world and it's a pedophile. Yeah, you saw the Dalai Lama yesterday. We should do a whole show on this. Tell a young boy to suck his tongue. That's demonic. That's pedophile behavior, by the way. Not to partner with. Not to excuse. Not to come in agreement. Not to make light of, ah, you know, it's a joke. No, it's no joke. Leading a child astray is not a joke. Leading a child astray produces a millstone around your neck, which produces death at the bottom of the ocean. You drown with Satan. Not a light matter. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself... Uh-oh, this is like, good gracious. Hey, you want to be a friend of Satan or a friend of God? Let's say it the way the Bible says it. Do you want to be a friend of Satan or an enemy of God? Enemy. When you choose to conceive the temptation to say that we should... Transgenderized children. When you choose to conceive with the temptation to end a life in the womb. You are now actually an enemy of God. Are you sure? Am I sure? Are we sure we want to go there? I mean, you want to get in that cage? You sure? Enemy of God? I think we take life too lightly. I think we take the responsibility of the gifts we were given by God too lightly. I think it's time for some reverence in this country again where we go, Dear God, what have we done? We treat life like we could reproduce it at will. We walk over people, shatter them, blaspheme God, accuse people, come into agreement with the Spirit of God, ruin lives. But it's a guy, it's not it's an avatar. It's Zuckerberg's metaverse. It's from Satan himself. That mindset is conceiving the temptation that produces death. Enemy of God? No, thank you. Not interested to be on that team at all. Enemy of God? No, rather, I'd like for him to call me friend. Faithful one. The one when he sees me goes, I know you. Enemy of God? Not so much. Rebecca, can you go to Galatians 5.16, please? 
But script I love scripture, man. I'm telling you. It's so visceral. I mean, I'm telling you. I'm a film director and a producer. It's like tactile. You can touch scripture. It's got a body and a form. It breathes. It's got attitude and personality. It's like, ah, it says what it means. It's called exegetical scripture, black and white. Uh, should we interpret the Bible? You can't interpret the Bible. You don't have enough power in your body and your mind to interpret the word of God. The Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. You just read it and it means what it says. Check this one out. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do we do this? Well, it's quite simple, Yak. You walk with my Holy Spirit. You listen to me like my son did. And then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lust is, starts as a temptation. You fulfill it when you conceive it. One more. Uh, James 4, 7. We can go all day long, man. All day long. I promise this is the second last one. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Hold on one second. It's almost like this sentence confirms the whole word of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ was for him to come and do what? Fulfill the law, be the sacrificial lamb, pay it all, save us, literally be our salvation, death, conquer death, conquer Satan, Satan kicked out of heaven, resurrected by the Holy Spirit, now the Spirit's in us, off we go, go make fishes of men. This literally covers all that. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Have you seen what it looks like when people flee the scene of a crime? Have you seen what that looks like? I mean, they hightail. Like, get up on out of here is what happens. When you resist Satan and say, hey, your name is Satan. You're presenting death in temptation. You get behind me. He will flee from you. Every knee will bow. He doesn't have a choice or an option. When you call somebody by their accurate name, what happens? I can't believe I'm even saying this. When you call somebody by their accurate name, what do they do? They respond. This medal is given to me by the Navy, the Navy SEALs. So when I go to a SEAL, that's a SEAL, and I call him by his rank and his name. He's going to respond, right? Right. So when you call Satan by his name, hey, you, deceiver, liar, thief, cheat, I see you. This temptation, get behind me, Satan. He must respond and flee. So simple. But first you must come in alignment with God. Last one. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 through 11. 1 Peter 5, verse 8-11. Yaku, you're preaching today. Um, you can call it preaching. I'm just calling it sharing truths for you to walk through life and navigate. Kicking Satan's butt easier. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... Uh-oh, hold on one second. You mean there is a devil? Uh, yeah, and there's hell, and you burn, and you burn forever, and you feel the burn forever, and you scream forever, and you hear others scream forever, and you smell burnt flesh forever, and you see Satan roam and mock you forever. And you see that picture? There's a counter to that that's kind of sweet. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who can I test today? Who will conceive the temptation? Resist him. 
steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You're not alone. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, not death, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Be sober-minded. Do not be deceived. So you've watched porn. So you've cheated on your wife. So you've had affairs and orgies and threesomes and whatever. So you've stolen from a brother. So you've lied. So you've um, abandoned God. You walked away from the gospel. You once were warm and now you're cold. Um, let's go deeper. I once had a man stand in front of me and he looked at me within a minute and said, you will never work with me. And I said, really? Test me. Try me out. And he said, well, this is my name. And I kind of knew the name. And he said, I'm the guy that was on death row that stabbed a woman 36 times with a pair of scissors. And I planned it. Killed his neighbor. Yet he was standing in front of me as a free man. Had served over 25 years in maximum. Had had his number called for death row numerous times. And every single time his number was called. God set him free from it because, see, two years in, gave his life to the Lord, got redeemed and set free, and God even gave him a way out of that and now runs one of the largest prison ministries in the country. So when is a life so lost? Did you murder somebody? Have you stabbed somebody 36 times? Have you, have you abused somebody? Have you thought bad thoughts? Because most of you never did any of that. Any of that. Yet Satan tells you you're scum. Tells you you're washed up. You're lost. God's abandoned you. Why? Because you've watched porn. Because you've lusted. Because you once were hot and now you're cold. So Satan tells you, now double down, baby. Go in on the house. No, you haven't even done all that. And if you have still, he said... To the sinner on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Why? Because the sinner said, would you just remember me? Well, here's the good news for you today. He doesn't just remember you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the hair on your head. As a matter of fact, he created you. Then, after he created you and me, and we abandoned him, and we walked into sin. He said, still, I'm not done with you. I'm going to send my son to die for you. To bleed out on your behalf. Why? So that you can receive me. Can you see that I'm good? Can you see that I'm for you? Can you see that you're not an orphan? You don't have to carry the orphan spirit. Can you see that I will go to the gates of hell and redirect traffic? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I cannot depart from you. My promises hold true generation to generation. Will you just choose to bring me in between your temptation and your sin? Just bring me in. Just inject me in there. A little slither of light. And watch him set you free. And Satan depart from you. Yeah, I preach today. Actually, just shared real practical principles of how you and me, we, can be better brothers and sisters in this nation, brothers and sisters in Christ, how I can be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better leader. So now start asking questions of your leadership. Did the leadership conceive sin? And by the way, when you see evil happen and you look the other way, you're conceiving sin because you're doing something. That is an action. Inaction is an action. Have you seen a squirrel? I call it the squirrel theory. Runs in the middle of the road and then he pauses. He doesn't go left or right. He just sits there and then what? Run over. Dead. Dead. Inaction is death because it is an action. When you do not choose light, choose God, you choose death. So, freedom is at hand for you and me. 
We have a way through. He is not the great tempter. He cannot leave you in that moment. He has given you a way out. When you're tempted next, maybe right after this video, you're running to porn. Feel the temptation and then bring the light of God in there and say, Satan's knocking. I'm not opening. I'm not doing it. And if all else fails, drop to your knees and just start talking to God. Out loud. Like a madman. Yep. Yep. Just start talking to him. You know what's going to happen? You may just hear something back. Which would be a beautiful day. Why did we do this show? Because too many people believe that if I'm tempted, I might as well. No, you don't. You're more than that. You're set free. There's a way th through. God bless you. I do want to tell you one thing. Storyville Coffee. If you haven't had Storyville Coffee, are you living under a rock? Look, I'll say this to you. Their slogan is love everybody. Christ is love. Storyville Coffee. Please check them out. They literally take their proceeds and help us rescue children out of sexual slavery. Rescue children out of the power of darkness. So when God says he's given us a way out, hey, he's even given us a way out through Storyville Coffee that says we will go with you. We'll sell and produce, produce and sell the best coffee, number one roaster in the USA, arguably the world, incredible coffee. When you drink Storyville Coffee, you are helping us rescue children. Go get a subscription. They'll ship it to your house. Incredible coffee. Okay. They tell you when it's roasted, where it's from. And I, I promise you, you're not going to have that acid Starbucks taste. Because the stuff is not burned. I know the roasters. I have visited the roastery just last week again, probably for my fourth time. They care about it because they have a mission. When they're roasting coffee, they go, I'm roasting this batch of coffee beans to rescue a child. Flyboy is their logo. Flyboy is a happy boy. The dreams is a dreamer because it's about children. Check out storyvillecoffee.com. No special promo code. Just go in there and get you Storyville Coffee. You will thank me for it. And in part, you'll do your part of helping us rescue children. God bless you. Thanks to the team. Get into the Word of God. Resist temptation. Do not conceive it. God bless you.